0: Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Bible's Babies and Business podcast. This is a Bible study Breakdown episode, so I need you to grab your Bibles because we're going to address the elephant in the room, and we're going to need some scripture to fall back on here today. Um, the elephant in the room is this. The uncomfortability that can come from making money and making a considerable amount of money as a Christian and as an entrepreneur. And the reality is, is that so many believers struggle with the concept of money, which is ironic. Um, and I'm not saying that I don't also struggle with that. I do. The Lord knows, the Lord knows that I too wrestle with this concept in my mind. But it's ironic because money is a topic that I think it's it's like the second most talked about topic in the Bible. And yet as believers, like we're all studying this book and we're all coming to different conclusions about should we be making money? Should we not be making money? Is it bad to make money? And then what do we do? Like if we're a business owner, how do we price? How do we price our offers? What do we do? What do we do? Okay. So it's it's an uncomfortable elephant in the room. And For me, as a high-ticket sales coach um, and a business mentor, and above all, a believer in Jesus Christ, I feel that it's important that I address (laughs) this topic on the podcast. So today, we're going to be studying scripture from 1 Timothy. Now, I'm not going to claim that I'm going to be perfect at um, talking about this scripture, but I will uh, commit to you that I am going to be praying for wisdom. Um, as I'm recording this episode and that the Lord would just use me as I'm using my literal microphone that I'm talking to into right now um, to say whatever it is that he wants to say. So with that being said, let's chit chat about how can we have guilt-free pricing as an online coach so that we can grow a business that makes a considerable amount of money all while honoring the Lord. Let's do it. So several years ago, back in 2018, when I was figuring out this whole coaching thing for the first time, I started out as a fitness mentor. Many of you know that, especially if you've been listening to the podcast for a while. And um, I did not invest in my first business coach uh, probably like for like six to seven months when I started my business. I started my business in January. I didn't invest into my um, first mentor until like June or July time. Um, so for the for those first six to seven months, I was like the definition of making all the mistakes. I did everything that I now teach my clients not to do. And I was making one of the grave mistakes of undercharging at that time. Now, I was a fitness coach, as I mentioned, and behind me being a fitness coach, my education included a bachelor's degree in nutrition and dietetics. And if you're unfamiliar, um, that bachelor's degree is the same bachelor's degree as somebody who is a dietitian, a registered dietitian. Uh, The only difference is that I did not go on and get my master's. I did not complete um, an internship and I did not like study or do the boards. Um, However, I have the same bachelor's degree as somebody who is a dietitian. I am not a dietitian, however. Um, But I did study a considerable amount in college to like talk about food. Um, I also had a personal trainers certification and I had, um, studied or not studied, but I had like worked, um, as a personal trainer at the university. I had, um, been a nutrition intern for the D1 football team. And I, um, had also had a job, um, working underneath a, um, incredible mentor who had a personal trainer, gym. um, a person that had a professional uh, career as an athlete. So like I had a lot of experience and I had a considerable amount of education behind my coaching business, um, specifically when it came to the conversation of nutrition intermixing with fitness and like in exercise and like weightlifting. Um, So I had a lot of, you know, context to back up uh, pricing. However, <laughs> I was not pricing accordingly. Uh, let me just give you a little bit of context here. I once... <laughs> I've never, I have never, 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 I'm laughing because it's so ironic how the Lord works. I am now a high ticket sales coach and I've never seen anybody unchar- under charge worse than I did in this story I'm about to share with you. So back in 2019 for my 24th birthday, I decided that I was going to run a six week group coaching program and it was going to be $24 for 24 women to um, have me mentor them for six weeks and it was going to be a fitness uh, coaching <laughs> container. Um, and I was going to charge $24. I'm going to let that sink in for you. Um, not, not 240, just two, four, just two, four dollars for six weeks of coaching. So, um, if you uh, average that out, that's about $4 a week. Um, certainly less than a dollar a day. Uh, yes, a hot mess express is what that's called. I ended up signing 38 women into that container. So I made about $912 up front. However, I did not understand the concept at the time because I was a brand new coach. I was very well versed in fitness and nutrition. I was not well versed in running a business. And I took on those 38 clients um, that was meant to be ran as a group program. And I basically did 38 one-on-one coaching clients at a time for six weeks. Hot mess. Dumpster fire. All of the um, wild, chaotic things that you could think about, that's what that was. Um, So yes, I had made $912 up front. However it was wildly undercharged. Um, people got incredible results. Um, a few people did. And the reason why I'll emphasize on that for just a quick moment so that I don't go down a rabbit hole is a few people got really great results. Now, why is that? Everybody got the same program. Why is it that only a few people got great results? Because they only paid $24 to be part of the program and most people fell off track. Um <laughs> relatively early in the program. So um, it was six weeks. Those who stayed on and actually did the work for the full six weeks, they got incredible results. And those who didn't, because they only paid $24, because we know that we are invested in the things that we financially pay for. Um, Those who fell off track, they did not get the results. That is not a shock, right? If we don't do the work, we don't get the results. Um, So $912 for a headache. Now, I learned a lot from that story. Um, And also the Lord has since highlighted a verse to me in Proverbs, the Proverbs 31 woman. And I believe it's Proverbs 31, 18 specifically, where she was an entrepreneur, by the way. She was a mother. She was a wife. She was a very um, incredible woman who loved the Lord. And it says that she made sure her dealings were profitable. That story that I just told you charging $24 for six weeks of coaching. That is not me. (laughs) That was not me making sure that my dealings were profitable. That was me choosing a headache. Um, So I just want to share that story with you for me to to share with you that, hi, I am not perfect. And nobody, I've never met anybody that has done it worse than I did. (laughs) And yet the Lord can still use me and still has an amazing work, has done an amazing work in my business. And so my friend, there is hope for you as well. Um, All of that to say today, now, like I don't have an offer that is less than four figures. Okay? I have done my homework and I know now that I am in alignment with Proverbs 31:18. I know now that my I am making sure that my dealings are profitable. So, all that to be said, let's just chat about this today. Let's talk about the elephant in the room of can we be a Christian and an entrepreneur and somebody that makes great money in their business all while providing an excellent service and bringing honor to the Lord? Can all of those things coexist together. So let's go to the word. Okay. We're going to go to first Timothy chapter five, 17 through 18. I'm going to read it to you here. Elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching for the scripture says you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. Now, let me give you a little context to this conversation here. Um, When they're talking about elders in this particular context in the scripture, because I read the whole chapter, uh, they're talking about those who are preaching and teaching the word of God, okay? Who are operating within the um, traditional form of the word ministry, okay? They're working like within the church. Now, that's not to say, however, that this same principle of those who work well should be respected and paid well, that, that's not to say that that principle shouldn't also be applied to other areas outside of the four walls of the church. Maybe somebody's not directly working in ministry. In fact, I fully believe that this principle should absolutely apply into other areas of life, specifically in the business coaching space. Um, and ironically, the Lord was highlighting this to me literally as I'm reading it. This part is not even in my notes. Um, it says, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. Okay, so teaching is a spiritual gift. If you search the scriptures, you'll you go, you'll see a spot where they where they talk about teaching being being a spiritual gift. Did you know that coaching is a form of teaching? Okay, so if you have the spiritual gift of teaching, with which if you're here listening to this podcast, there's a high probability that you do because you you know, if you want to have a coaching business and teaching is a spiritual gift, then that's something that the Lord's likely placed on your heart. So if you are operating with your spiritual gift and you are serving the Lord, okay, then I believe that you are using your business as a ministry. Now, perhaps not in the traditional sense of you actually um, preaching directly the word of God. However, you don't have to be directly preaching the word of God in order to be serving God. Okay. Um, You could be working in like a secular space, but showing up as the hands and feet of Jesus, okay? Do you remember the scripture where it was talking about how we're going to be sent to all corners of the world to spread the gospel? All corners of the world, like like not everybody is a believer, obviously. Um, And so that means that we have to be sent into the secular spaces as well. That means that we're going to be sent into the music industry. That means that we're going to be sent into the graphic design space. That means that we're going to be sent into the coaching industry, to Instagram, to Fill in the blank. Okay, so you, we are sent on mission to go into each of our corners of the world that God has predisposed us to go to, and to spread the gospel. Now, whether that is a an official part of our coaching curriculum, okay, like in Powerhouse, like we talk about the Word of God, um, that's just something that the Lord has laid on my heart, and, and it's interweaved into the curriculum. However, you don't have to be like. Talking about scripture in your coaching program in order to be spreading the love of Christ. Okay, so I just want you to understand the depth of this scripture here. That if you are coaching, then you are teaching, and teaching is a spiritual gift. And even though this particular scripture is talking about those who are preaching the actual like like word the gospel, that doesn't mean that you can't also share the love of the Lord. Even if you are coaching businesses in a secular space, so um, elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. I believe that principle applies to anybody that is operating within the um, the calling that the Lord gave you. Okay, because then I believe that you are serving the Lord and you are using your business as a ministry. So, with that context, let's talk about some practicalities about how you can have guilt-free pricing in your online coaching business that honor the Lord and pays you well. I have five points that we're going to talk about today. The first one, okay, um, we we touched on it a little bit, but let's let's dig a little bit deeper. Christians struggle, often struggle, okay? I know that I'm talking about the Christian body in a very general sense. Obviously, this doesn't apply to everybody, but um, many Christians, many Christians, I'll say that, many Christians struggle with the concept of making money. Okay. And if you're a uh, Christian entrepreneur, then maybe you feel that way too. Uh, I once, heard, and here's why I think that some, sometimes, um, sometimes not everybody, you know, has struggles with money for the same reason. We all have our own different stories. However, you know, we're all reading this one book, but we're taking different, we're ta- we're, we're like, it's like, we're reading the same words, but we all have a different take on like what those words actually mean. And unfortunately there have been, ministers, preachers, pastors who have incorrectly given like wrong context to scripture, specifically the one where it talks about um, money and evilness. So the scripture is talking about Um, the love of money is the root of all evil, meaning the lust of it, the obsession over it, not money itself. Money itself is neutral and it's a neutral tool that we can use to glorify the Lord. But the love of money, the lusting after it, the obsession with it. Now that, that is sinful. But do you see how just that, that little tweak in like how you convey that message can make a big difference if you're speaking to a group of people that are looking to you for spiritual guidance. And there have been people in the, the um, church that have unfortunately misconstrued the word of God and told people that money is the root of all evil, which it's not. Money is neutral. It's the love and lust of money that is evil. You know how you hear people talking about the prosperity gospel which we're not gonna talk about today. But you know how you like you, you like in the Christian space, like it's a pretty common conversation for people to like, oh my gosh, you're preaching the prosperity gospel. Okay, like let's look at the opposite side of the pendulum there for a second. There is such a thing as poverty gospel, which I believe is just as damaging. Telling people that money is is money itself, not the lust of it, but money itself is the root of all evil, which I believe is creating in people this fear of money. And because the world, we're gonna get into this in a second. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but because the world uses money, not, not the church, not the body of Christ, but the world uses money as a currency of value. Unfortunately, like as humans, like we can kind of get the water muddy a little bit and and all of a sudden it's not no longer money that is the currency of value. Now it's, it's, we attach our own identity to that money, which is the currency of value in the world. Do you see now how we have a problem? Okay. If you don't see that yet, it's okay. You will in a couple minutes. I do not believe that it is possible for a Christian entrepreneur to make a significant amount of money and to steward it well, because those are two different things to make money and to manage it well are two different things. Um, if they are also simultaneously believing that they are sinning by charging for their services. Okay. Betsy Crony, who is the Christian mindset and neuroscience mentor for powerhouse. This is her area of expertise and she's talked um, to me about it. She's talks to my students about it. She's been on the show where like her area of expertise is helping believers understand the biblical context of money so they can apply it appropriately to their business as Christian entrepreneurs. And if you have a belief, if you have a mindset, a belief that making money is bad, and that's the dug into your subconscious mind, you cannot outperform your programming. Okay. So you can't just like outwork yourself. If you have a, you can't outwork yourself into success. If you have a money story that is ingrained into your subconscious, that is holding you back. If you want to build a financially successful coaching business that supports you and your family and your clients, you must address your issues with money. Okay. Betsy Crony is is incredible at this. I highly recommend um, typing her name into Betsy Crony, B-E-T-S-Y-C-R-O-N-E-Y, into the podcast um, app. Listen to her show because it's incredible. She also mentors inside of Powerhouse. Um, this is huge. This is huge for entrepreneurs to understand. Um, So that was number one. Christians oftentimes struggle with the concept of making money for many reasons. I believe one of those reasons is that, unfortunately, there have been people of leadership in the church that have misconstrued the word of God. And when we look at the world, the world uses money as a currency of value. And so if we as believers are falsely believing that money itself is bad, then how are we going to like work it up in ourselves to like run a business that makes a lot of it, right? Um, So we'll dive into that more in a moment. Number two, um, let's dive into that scripture a little bit more. Elders who do their work well should be paid well. Like I mentioned before, if you're providing quality and excellent service, which God calls us to be excellent, not perfect. Those are two different things. If you are providing quality and excellent service, then by God's standards, according to the word of God, okay, you should be paid well for that service. Like I mentioned before, Proverbs 31, 18, she makes sure her dealings are profitable. Now, how do you know if you're providing quality and excellent service that is worthy of being compensated well, okay? Well, look at the fruit of it. Look at the fruit of your business, okay? Um, How are you changing people's lives? How are people transforming? Now, you may say, well, Kimmy, I haven't had a client yet, so I don't know what fruit to look at. Okay, that's okay. Look at yourself. Did you have a transformation? What, what fruit came from your transformation? If you are providing quality service and you can prove that you're providing quality service in your offer, in your social proof, in your testimonials, even if the only person that you've worked with is yourself, then that is quality and excellent service. Okay, so that was number two. Um, elders who do their work well, as in quality, excellent service, should be paid well. How do we know that? How do we know? Or if we're providing quality and excellent service, look at the fruit in your business. Number Three, okay, let's talk about balancing generosity and sustainability in your business because as believers, we're called to be generous, which unfortunately, um sometimes I think for believers, kind of gets misconstrued in their mind, thinking, well, if I'm generous, if I'm supposed to be generous, and that means I can't charge for my coaching. No, 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 no. God also wants you to be self-sufficient, okay? Um, was it Paul or Timothy? I can't remember. One of them was a tent maker during their ministry. So they were making tents to support them, not only themselves, but other people while they were working for the Lord in the ministry, okay? So God wants you to be self-sufficient, and I'm not talking about self-sufficient as in separate from him. He wants you to be self-sufficient as in like, hey, I gave you gifts, please steward those and work hard at them. God calls you to have good work ethic, okay? go out and utilize your gifts to serve others and to earn an income. That is biblical principle, okay? Not independent from God, but independent in the fact that you are not reliant on other people for to, to provide, okay? Um now, we could get into the nitty-gritty of like, well, what about this exception? There of course there's exceptions to that. Um I'm talking in a general sense, okay? That God has given us gifts And as mature believers, we should utilize those gifts, I believe, in order to support ourselves, okay? Um, It is very important for you to know that you can maintain a heart of service and generosity while also recognizing the value that you provide to other people and charging appropriately for that value in um, the pursuit of a sustainable business model, okay? God wants you to use your gifts. God wants you to be sufficient in providing for yourself with the gifts that he provided for you. That's part of stewardship. Okay. Proverbs thirty-one 18, I've said it multiple times. She makes sure her dealings are profitable. She was an entrepreneur. Okay. So giving away your services for free all the time and never charging. And then also looking at your bank account and being like, oh man, I don't have any money. God, please provide. Like he may be saying, yeah, can you use the business as the vehicle? Like God might be wanting to use your business as the vehicle by which he wants to bring you provision. Okay. So don't reject that vehicle. Um, let's talk about overcoming mindset barriers around money though. all this is where we're going to dig more deep into the self-worth things. So I've done lots of work independently with Betsy Crony, my mindset and neuroscience mentor. Um, like I said, she, she is a powerhouse coach as well. Um, And her area of expertise is helping Christian entrepreneurs align their mindset and rewire their brain to understand the biblical principles of money so that they can go apply those biblical principles um, into their life. Um, If a person has issues with money, oftentimes those issues can be traced back to a negative belief pattern with your own self-worth. Why? Why so often do people have money issues that are tied to self-worth issues. I believe it's because, as I mentioned earlier, the way that the world measures worth is in money. Okay. Now, um, something else that Betsy has shared is that a person's relationship with money, this is wild to me, is oftentimes established by the time that they're five years old. Okay. Okay. Well, you may be thinking, "Well, how is that even possible? How does a five-year-old even understand the money?" Because they're hearing other people talk about it. And when you are growing up, your brain is like in this prime molding state. This is why it's so important to like be careful what we say in front of littles and like what what um, we allow littles to hear, because their brains are are just like a sponge absorbing things. Um, so you may think back to, okay, well, if you have issues with money, ask yourself. How did your parents or other people that were around? How did they talk about money when you were growing up? Did you hear a lot of phrases like "Oh, well, we can't afford that," or "Oh, well, that's for rich people, honey. We're not rich," or "Rich people are bad." Like, did you hear a lot of negative talk like that? If so, that may be contributing to issues that you're having with money. If you are a parent. Right now, parents, me prayerfully, hopefully soon becoming a parent myself, I'm reflecting on this myself and thinking, okay, how do I want to talk about money in front of my children? I personally, and this is just me personally, this doesn't have to be your belief. I personally want my children to know that mommy and daddy, we are secure, that kiddos don't need to worry about money. And, you know, I'm not talking about spoiling your kids, but that like mom and dad, we got it covered. Okay. And if we're going on a trip or if we're, um, if we are giving you a present, it's not something that you need to feel guilty about. It's not something that you need to worry about that. Like mom and dad, we got it. Okay. And we are providing for you. And what I hope is that that will also show my child a representation about how their heavenly father will provide for them. And that when their heavenly father gives them gifts, it comes with no sorrow. Okay. So I don't want my kids to be worried about, oh my gosh, like, well, I don't want to order the most expensive thing on the menu, even though I really, really want it. Because like, I don't know, like I heard mom and dad arguing last night about money. I don't want that. I don't want any part of that. Okay. And I'm not shaming anybody here. if, If that has been your story, or maybe if you're realizing right now, oh, shoot, like, I guess I have had those conversations in front of my kids. Guess what? It's okay. There's grace and you can make a change at any point. Okay. Like right now you can make a change. So it's really important to reflect on how did we hear other people talking about money as we were growing up? And then as parents, how are we talking about money in front of our children? Okay. Because we are helping them establish their relationship with money and what that's going to be like as they grow older and start a career and have a family and provide for that family. Okay. Now, one of the last things that we're going to talk about today, this is the fifth Principle that I want to talk, or fifth fifth topic that I want to talk about with you today in this episode is, um, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, cami well, you know, it's it's just hard for me to not have issues with money, especially with my business because I've had so many people tell me that they can't afford my pricing. Does that mean that I'm charging too much? Not necessarily. Okay, inside of High Ticket Powerhouse, there are so many. Variables that we talk about when it comes to pricing your offer. So if you need specific help with pricing, you need to apply for a high ticket powerhouse. Um, one of the questions that I would have you ask is: Are you solving a big and painful problem? Okay. If you're not sure, then you need to go down into do the show notes and listen to my free training. Okay? Because I go deeper into that inside of my free training down there. It's called the coaching cash flow engine, um, the four secrets to getting more clients and turning your coaching business into a money making machine. And it will talk more in depth about solving a big and painful problem and how important that is for a high ticket coach. The next question I would ask you is, is your offer irresistible or does it look just like everybody else is in your niche? Are you communicating the value of your offer? Coaches understand this. It is your responsibility to effectively communicate the value of your offer. It is not your potential client's responsibility to understand the value of your offer if you are not effectively communicating it. So if people are telling you, I don't have the money, I don't have the money, I don't have the money. Yes, there's so many reasons why that could be. We don't have time to talk about that now. However, one of them is, uh, are you effectively communicating that? Okay, now a couple ways that you can make sure that you're effectively communicating that is having a visual sales presentation show up to the sales call with the presentation ready to go. Okay. Most people retain information much better when they are visually seeing it rather than just audibly hearing it. Also, the value of your program, not the price, the value, those are two different things. The value of your program should be 10 times the price. So if you're charging 2000 and the value of your program should be $20,000. is also how we stay in integrity as high-ticket coaches. Now, I'm not going to go any farther into talking about the details about how to price your offer because I discussed that in the last episode, in episode 154. So go back and listen to that if you're looking for more specific um, details talking about pricing or even equations. I talk about that in that episode. But I also teach you exactly how to create an irresistible offer, how to price it, how to present it, and how to sell it inside of High Ticket Powerhouse. My High Ticket Powerhouse program is a six-month group coaching program teaching you how to get more clients and how to turn your coaching business into a money-making machine by creating that irresistible offer and mastering the art of high-ticket sales. Round two is currently uh, going. I'm so excited. I get to actually talk to those ladies in a few minutes here after I um, end recording this episode. And round three for High Ticket Powerhouse is starting on September fifth of this year, 2023. So enrollment for round three is now open. Here's how you apply. I mean, go down in the show notes and watch that free training. I already told you about the coaching cashflow engine, where you're going to learn the four secrets to getting more clients and turning your business into a money-making machine. It's a completely free video. There's no reason not to get it. It costs $0.00. And then follow the steps after the video to submit your application and book your interview call. We are now enrolling. Get your spot secure. There's a guarantee on this program that you will two times your investment if you do the work within six months. You need to be there. All right, friends, I love you. Happy Thursday, and I'll see you on Monday. Hey, coach. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you got exactly what you needed to hear, even if it stung a little. Every week, I am committed to showing up here on the show and bringing you not one, but two value-packed episodes to help you grow deeper in your faith, build a profitable coaching business, and become an absolute powerhouse at getting high-ticket coaching clients online. And the number one way that you can support the Bible's Babies and Business podcast is by taking 30 seconds to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and then share this show with a friend. Thank you for partnering with me to get these episodes out to as many online coaches as possible because the world needs more powerhouse women building online coaching businesses for the kingdom of heaven. I appreciate you, I love you, and I'll see you in the next episode.